Hello, and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, August 15th, 2014. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere using open web standards like HTML, CSS, JavaScript, REST, and JSON. This week, we talk about some crazy new I.O. options and how they could fundamentally change the way we design and build interfaces. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. Hello there. I didn't have my mic in place or my headset on or my audio set up or anything. Hey, but you're ready. Yeah, I said I was ready. I totally wasn't. <laughs> oh, well. Cool. There's not a fan or something on the background. I thought I heard something, but... No? Maybe I'm just breathing heavily. <laughs> <laughs> totally making a sound bite out of that. <laughs> oh, please don't. <laughs> One of our uh, our oldest dog, whenever she gets excited, she starts panting really, really loudly. Oh, yeah, like what? What does it sound like? I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it, it's funny because you're like, every time the dog gets happy, she turns into an obscene phone call. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we have a friend with a pug. The thing is just like a laugh riot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Cool. So what's going on there? Um, we all have like some kind of stomach bug or a touch of food poisoning or something. It's, mm. it's, it's unpleasant at my house right now. Oh, geez. If I bail on you, don't take it personally. <laughs> I understand. But at least you've got your new shades. I do. What's up with those bad bears that look like, uh, you look like a sniper, I think. It's like, <laughs> I see your yeah, updated they're... Skype icon. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you might like that. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I um, I mean, I guess they're targeted at, like gamers who spend ridiculous 12, 14 hours a day in front of the computer. Mm-hmm. Which, if you're doing that with video games, and you're not one of those weird people who does it professionally, then you probably need to reevaluate your life. <laughs> but <laughs> glasses aren't what you need. <laughs> glasses aren't what you need. <laughs> Friends, perhaps um, in real life in some some actual sunlight um but anyway <laughs> as a developer spending 12 hours in front of the computer though that's totally different yeah so no no comparison whatsoever no no none whatsoever we're we're <laughs> um but anyway yeah the the glasses they're supposed to they do a few things they have have an anti-glare coating and they do a little bit of magnification and then they have this kind of amber tint to them that's supposed to filter out some of the harsher blue light peaks and spikes and what have you coming off of the, the monitor. Mm-hmm. And I got them because, as you know, my eyesight is horrible. Yes. And now that I'm working with sticky albums full time, I'm working a lot more hours than I was when I was freelancing. And right. that was leading to more eye strain. Right. So I thought, well, I'll give them a try. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's like, it's funny how you'll, you know, when you're freelancing, you're like, I, I, I work all the time. Yeah. But when you have a job job, it's like, whoa, I really work all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah, it's, consistent. It, it is. And it's funny because I mean, it's more hours, but I love the consistency versus the, the uncertainty of freelancing just personally. Right. Now that I've been doing it, but, um, 
uh, you know, there's a give and take to both. But yeah, the 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 eye strain kind of surprised me because, like you said, I didn't think I was working any less than I am now. Mm-hmm. But as far as spending time looking at a monitor, uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they help though. Uh, yeah, they do. They help quite a bit. Um, I'm finding I don't use them all the time. Um, and that could just be because I've only had them for a couple of days and I'm, you do have to kind of adjust to that amber tint. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, obviously if I'm doing anything in Photoshop or any kind of design stuff where color accuracy is important, I take them off for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I'm finding that in general, um, they're, they've helped quite a bit. And particularly where I like them is like in, when I'm working a lot in my text editor or in the terminal, um, where I've got the darker background, it just really cuts down on the on the glare and makes the text a lot crisper. So cool. What are they What are they called, by the way? Um, Gunner Optics. Oh, right, that's why I thought that's yeah. that was what put the sniper thing in my head. Yeah, they're sort of like David Koresh colored. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. So if yeah. you ever wanted to start your own cult following, you've already got the glasses for it. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I Excellent. Can, I look look very nerdy now. <laughs> That's that's Gunner with an A. We can link to it in the show notes. Yes, if anybody wants to. If anybody like us is a productive member of society who stares at a computer screen 12 hours a day, not like Versus those. Like, not like those gamers. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about housekeeping. Okay. I don't Do we have we any? Have any. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I am vacationing next week. Oh, right. But it should be a normal week podcast-wise. Yeah, staycation, right? Yeah, yeah. My plans include sitting on the couch and napping and like binge watching Friday Night Lights or something. Sweet, super jealous. And Kira will be back in school, or she is back in school. She is back in school, and Richard starts back to school next week. Yeah, I'll have the house to myself for four and a half whole hours. Wow, I don't think that's happened since we moved into this house for me. <laughs> Maybe once. Um, cool. So regular week next week. Um, and I, I think it's, I think I'm correct in saying that we don't have a bug report this week either, which is, means that it's been pretty smooth. It has, it has, it's actually been a, a good week as far as, um, code things are concerned, at least for me. Knock on wood. Uh, great. So, um, that means we can move into the feature. Is it your feature or is it my feature? <laughs> Uh, great question. I'm not sure whose feature it is. Um, so I, it's our feature. It is. It's everyone's. It's the royal we. <laughs> um, we. So I read this article the other day by Dustin Curtis, who is is uh, not always my favorite, but occasionally, or actually, he he does he writes good stuff. I don't always yeah. agree with him, but he does a good job writing it. Right. Um, but he put up one the other. Day, well, I don't know how old it is, but I saw it the other day called "Yours versus Mine." And it's something that has often crossed my mind uh, and when, when creating like a new user interface, whether or not the label for the user's account should be your account or my account. Yeah, I feel like we've had this discussion before, just sort of uh, not on the podcast, but just you and I when we're working on things. And we usually settle it by just going with account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, punt. Yeah. Avoid the issue. Um, but it's, it's true. Like even if you're writing copy for a site, you have to decide if, you know, like, like on my site, it's, you know, there's marketing going on. Do I refer to you 
what things I can do for you, or do I say things I can do for clients? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's like um, that's that's a little bit of a different thing, but but in the in, in the interface, he I've always noticed this and just kind of like gone to sites that I where I usually when I'm trying to decide what to do, I'll go to a site that I use a lot and and be like, oh, I never noticed that they use your or my or whatever, and then I'll just right. do what they did, or like you said, just skip it and leave off the the um, uh, that word. But so he kind of boiled it down to, I guess he has like a a neurology background or something. And he was thinking about it from like, he actually researched it instead of just noticing it. And he said, it basically boils down to whether or not the interface is an extension of the person, i.e. like a tool, like the way a hammer, you'd use a hammer Mm -hmm. uh, or, uh, or a guitar even, um, or if you, if it's an entity that you're having a conversation with. Yeah. So if it's an extension of you, then it should definitely be my account. Like as I'm looking at it, the, my internal voice is like, where's my account? Oh, there's my account. Yeah. But if I'm having a, a conversation with the interface, if it feels more like that and the interface is like an entity who's doing things on my behalf or helping me do something like a kind of like a butler, you, you would, you know, it would be your. So like the butler would say, here are your clothes. Here's right. your wallet. It's hard. It's hard to figure out the difference in a web app, though. Right, and I, you know what? I think, and that's I, I was going to go there, which is like I think it really matters w- what kind of interface it is. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about a screen-based interface, and presumably he's talking about one that's um, a little bit less of a tool, because he said, you know, a ha- you know, if it's a tool, then it's more like my stuff. This is an extension of me. Where's my stuff? Here's my stuff. Um, and that's how Cooper thinks about it when he's playing Minecraft. Where's my stuff? There's my stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In games, I, I, yeah, exactly. Cause it, cause in games you're creating this whole immersive environment. Right. So it's all going to be mine. Mm-hmm. And so even though I might say it's my account, what to label it depends on whether or not you see the interface as an extension of you or as like an agent that you're interacting with. And I do, he sort of, he's, you know, I thought about this a lot and he he said he's, he sort of comes down more, more or less firmly on the, uh, it's, it's more of the Butler model and it should be your account. Um, you know, I kind of, it's, it's weird because like say GitHub, for instance, if I, I, I may think, where's my GitHub account? And I may start looking, but if I saw it, seeing a tab in GitHub that says, my account versus your account, my account would just seem weird. Right. Yeah. And so now it's funny because it's debatable though. I've seen yeah. ones that say my account. And it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't feel weird, but there's, yeah. It seems to me that if you do use the, my account approach, then there's a possibility that the user will come to view the app as more of a tool and extension of themselves than the, the Butler style, your account. I don't know that that's true, but I imagine that it's it's probably not appropriate for every web page or like whatever kind of web app you're making. But in cases yeah. where it's debatable, then I, I almost would be interested. It'd be interesting to A-B test, I suppose. But um, uh, but I was but now if you if you change the interaction model and it's like Siri, Siri's obviously going to say, 
your account. Your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Here are the results that you search. Here are your search results. It's not right. going to say, Siri's not going to say, here are my search results. Because you actually are having a conversation with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So this becomes really interesting yeah. when you think about building an app that is more API than anything else and deciding what, how, how is the output phrased most appropriately? Like how, how do you come up with, um, you know, smart content as we often talk about, how do you right. come up with content that, that, uh, is output agnostic if you have to struggle with, uh, places where you have to switch back and forth between that yours versus mine. Yeah. Cause an API does feel more like a conversation. Yeah. Than just clicking around on a web page. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, the, the sort of distinction there between making a request to the API and getting a response back is a lot more, oh, it's a lot more distinct than just loading another web page yeah. for some reason. Surfing, right? When you're surfing yeah. around, you're just like kind of lost in the content. Yeah. When, I'm, when I'm surfing around, it's like I'm using my computer, my web browser on my computer to go, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, like, I'm actually curious. Does, I don't think it says in Chrome, are they my bookmarks or are they just bookmarks are they your bookmarks i mean they're my bookmarks but what does the interface call them doesn't it it skips it and just says bookmarks yeah but so I, I i find it really interesting that it depends on it really does depend on like you could you could imagine um now if you go and, and you are inputting that in the future if that was like going straight into your brain or you're hearing it in your voice mm-hmm it would have to be mine or you'd go crazy. Like, even if that's impossible, and maybe it is impossible, that we'll never get there where you're just like, where you think, ah, uh, what are my bookmarks again? Yeah. And it's, well, my bookmarks are this and this and this. But you'd never, you wouldn't think that. They would just be like a memory. They're like, like things you retrieve from your brain are you, like, implicitly have the word my in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, I guess that's probably a little bit too, that's probably a little bit too far down the road, but it's, it is, I think it's, I think I've mostly avoided it, but so here's here. And I, I think it's a little bit debatable, but I do kind of agree with Dustin Curtis that yours probably makes sense in most of the cases Mm -hmm. in the UI, but there's, but this notion of direct versus indirect, um, really got, it's really got me thinking about direct versus indirect manipulation of content. So, especially because we've been playing Minecraft on so many different platforms, and I've I found that I I had different a, a different um, uh, intuition about how the controls should work in Minecraft on the iPad versus Minecraft on the Xbox. Right. The, I suppose the problem here is people might not might not have, know what Minecraft looks like, but you're in a you're in a virtual three you know you're in a two D space that's made to look three D. It's not it's not you know yeah. it's, I suppose it's like any other first person shooter game that you've ever been in. Yeah, but, hang on, I get it. Hang on, hang on. I'll be right back. Um, stomach bug. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. Hit the panic button. And- Ugh, all my insides are trying to become outsides. <laughs> That's so much fun. <laughs> oh man! Sorry about that. Milk of magnesia for dinner. 
so this yours versus mine article got me thinking about direct versus indirect manipulation for like user input. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and there are a bunch of different examples that all of a sudden I was like, Oh wow, that's kind of similar where your expectations of, of the appropriate way to interact with something has a lot to do with whether or not you see it as an extension of yourself or an abstraction that you're interacting with. So there's, and like, once I started thinking about like that, there's a ton of examples. Okay, good. Cause I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I'm curious to see what you've come up with. Yeah. So the iPad is an obvious one. So in Minecraft, you're in a three dimensional world. Like, um, you know, you can kind of like walk around. It's not like a side scroller or anything. And you have directional controls for the, the, the direction you want to move your body in space and then you have and then you like to look around you this is so it's like it's so intuitive that even like cooper immediately understood mm -hmm. that what you do is you put your finger on the screen and you move the world around you right so you put your finger on the background and you slide it to the right and the world sticks to your finger and rotates around you and that never seemed strange to me. That was completely normal. Yeah. Then when we were playing it on the on the uh, Xbox, which has joysticks, I I realized after a little bit is it looks exactly the same basically. Mm -hmm. But the notion of moving the world around you would be ridiculous. Well, I don't know if it would be ridiculous because you can actually switch the way the controls work. Yeah. And it was in the way that it's set up by default. I think is probably more similar to the iPad, but it just, I couldn't every single time I touched that right joystick, I went the wrong way every time. Yeah. I guess it is the opposite direction, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're moving yourself within the world, not moving the world around you. Not the left joystick, the right joystick. Right. Yeah. So, so in the, in my, so I thought about it a lot and it took me a while to figure out why I thought it should go the way it does. And I realized mm -hmm. that it like, for whatever reason, and I'm not sure if this is normal or not normal, probably not. Um, I, I almost picture that the joystick is protruding from the back of my head and I'm turning my head with my thumb. <laughs> yeah. But from the back. So, so like if I want to look to the right or if, especially up and down, I especially got it confused with up and down. Like it would make sense to say, I want to look up. So push the joystick up. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I cannot do that i can't do it like i need to pull the joystick down and that's like pulling my head back to look up yeah it's like oh do you have that this brings up an interesting question on your on your your fancy new macbook air mm -hmm. are you are you using the natural scrolling or have you turned it off that's my next example so the, i turn that off just as soon as i can see i don't i in fact on my older macs i use a plug-in that enables it and now here, that's, this is probably the example that most people can relate to because everybody's got a computer. Yeah. So every podcast listener. <laughs> um, and so now the thing with the uh, people who use Macs will remember that it maybe was it a year or two ago. They, they switched the two finger scrolling, essentially the scroll wheel on a mouse mm -hmm. or the two finger scrolling on a trackpad to be direct manipulation as opposed to indirect or less indirect. I should yes. say. Yes. So it, it behaves the same as it does on an iPad or an iPhone. Right. So it, and now this was right around the same time that they made the scroll bars invisible by default. It was. I and think the it reason may have even is, been the same release. I, I'm sure it was because in the old model, you, when you were manipulating the trackpad, the mental model was that you were pulling the scroll thumb. 
So you would, you would move the scroll thumb down to make the content move up. So it would go in the opposite direction. So now when you move your fingers down, the content almost like you're not touching the screen, but it's like you are. Right. So it's still indirect in the sense that you're not directly in, in manipulating the content, but it's, it's the opposite direction. And I think that they, I think probably what happened was, well, a couple things. One, um, when they minimized the, the Chrome of the scroll bar and made it invisible, which you probably turn on as soon as you get a new Mac. I don't. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people force that to be on. Um, it flips the, it flips the expectation. At least it did mm-hmm. with me. And once I, it took me about 30 minutes to get used to it. And then going back was brutal because I think of it, I don't think of, I was, it was very easy for me to, to forget the abstraction of the scroll thumb, which I think is what it's called. Um, but yeah, but you did, but not for you. That wasn't the same for no, you. No, no, not at all. Interesting. I don't, I don't know. Um, cause I mean, what they, the default that they changed it to, it matches the same way it works on, on their iDevices. So I just assumed that that was why they did it because people are so used to the way they scroll on their mobile devices. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like on, on the, if you think of on iOS, there are applications that have really long lists and they'll put that, um, mm-hmm. alphabet on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. And that does what the scroll thumb does, which is as you slide your thumb down, the primary content moves up. So yes. it's reverse. Yes. Um, but this, I, I, this, well, I guess, you know, I don't, there's not a right way. It's just like an interesting situation they found themselves in where for whatever reason, maybe they were trying to make things, you know, make more things more iOS-y or they were just like, well, there's no, the abstraction of the scroll bars is going away. So we need to, it makes no sense to slide your fingers up if you want the page to go down. Yeah. Except for to you. <laughs> um, so that was, a, that was a, uh, I think that's probably the best example, the most widespread example of what I'm talking about. But there's another one that's super fringe that is, um, if you've experienced it, you'll be like, oh, wow. But perhaps if you haven't, then it would be like, what? But so, so I've played around a little bit with um, quadcopters. Yes, and, as, and, and Nate is a huge, like aerial copter guy. Oh, is he? I didn't oh, know that. Yeah, huge. Like he's got some sweet helicopters. Oh, nice, nice. Now I've I've got a, I've got a quadcopter, and Kira's got a plane. And oh, a helicopter. Kira's got a helicopter too. Mm. So check this out. So much easier to fly. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> right. So the so I've got a quadcopter, which, which has a fr- has like a front and a back, even but it's purely cosmetic, mm-hmm. or or it it could be purely cosmetic because it doesn't really, yeah. it can go any direction. Right. So, right. But so that the controls are kind of like a video game where you've got, you know, two joysticks and I, I, yeah, it's weird. You have to, you have to always imagine yourself. It's they're, they're not set up the way I, I would, the way I thought they would be. Yeah. But, it took, it took a lot of getting used to for me. Yeah, so and at least on mine, and I've had two different ones, and they were both set up differently, which made it even harder. But the one I have now, according to Nate, is the way that most of them are set up, which is the left joystick. Um, like this, it's so like this makes no sense when you think about it. Like the left joystick, essentially, if you if you push it left, mm-hmm. it 
turns the thing counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. And if you push it right, it turns the thing turns clockwise. clockwise. Yeah. You, you should twist it to turn the thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, first of all, you have to like do, you have to deal with that concept. And if you push it away from you, I almost said up, but if you push it away from you, I guess that is up. Technically it goes up. So like, so all, all yeah. of that, I, that is a terrible, I think the whole thing's terrible. It should be, it should it be is. a joystick that you twist and can pull up and down. Yes. To, Cause then you feel like you're actually do like, like the motion that you're doing with your hand is being projected to the thing. Like exactly like you were physically twisting the thing or you were physically lifting it up and down on a string. That would make way more sense to me, it but would, whatever. It would. So there's that. And then the right hand one is like essentially f- forward thrust. So if you, if you push it, you know, for, forward, backward, left, right. Yeah. And it goes, it goes in that, it tilts to go in that direction. So if you push mm-hmm. it away from you, it tilts its nose down and goes forward and you pull it toward you. It tilts its butt down and it comes back to you, but it's, it's a quadcopter. There's no front. Yeah. So I'm like, wh- why doesn't it just go the direction I'm pushing? Because yeah, it, because it, because it tries to orient itself right. Because then it depends on the rotation. <laughs> right. So so it's, it's very tricky. There should be no. First of all, there should be no reason to turn the thing on its z-axis. No. So the twist motion that I talked about on the on the first joystick it doesn't even need to exist. It doesn't need to exist. It doesn't. Just go this way. It doesn't matter which way you're facing. Go over there yeah. relative to me. So here's the weird part. Yeah. So so the 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 controls that I that exist on the one that I have force you to constantly imagine yourself sitting on the thing. Yes. Which is really hard. It es- is. Especially it is. when you can't see the f- what the front is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, this is this is a problem I ran into many times. So if it's more, it, if it's more than 3 feet away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So now here's the funny thing. If you, so I, for me, I would, it would make way more sense for the thing to just go in the direction relative to you. So like, mm-hmm. it, which would, but so now this is tricky though, because you might move. So yeah, cause it's, it, yeah. So I mean, it I would guess. have to have an accelerometer. <laughs> it would need a compass. The hand thing would need a compass. The, yeah. the controller would need a compass to know which way you were facing. And then it would move north, south, east, west based on the direction that you were pushing. But as you turned, Pushing it away from you would be north sometimes. Pushing it away from you would be west sometimes. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's really complicated when you it think is, about it. It is. And for anyone out there interested in trying out a quadcopter, um, we're talking about all these, how difficult it is to control. Uh, they don't have compasses in them, but they do have gyroscopes. And you have to start it on a level surface. Yeah. Because if you don't start on a level surface, then up is not going to be up. It's going to be some other random direction. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to, to learn this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Some are better than others. I know that yeah. for sure. But so the, the controls I imagine would be like a, a, a pull thing that goes up and down mm-hmm. for the altitude. You could do it with one joystick. It could be one joystick that you pull up and down. And then as you turn, there's like a, a compass on the controller underneath your, underneath the joystick that would be irrelevant, but just to explain it, as you turned, pushing it away from you would sometimes be in a different direction, but it would always be relative to the earth, which is big enough to deal with this solution. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about something <laughs> bigger than that, I suppose, unless you were flying a spaceship. Yeah. So 
as you look look around, the, the, the thing would always go in the direction that you pointed at, and the direction would always be correct because it would be rotating underneath the controller. So, okay. So there's all that. And then, just to like blow your mind even further, <laughs> that controller would stink if you had one that came with goggles that had a first-person view from the <laughs> cockpit of the quadcopter because now it does have a front. Right, and now you would want exactly what... It is. It is. Right. Now you want what it is, which is, in fact, I'm sure the controls are modeled on what are actually in a plane, but they make no sense Probably because you're so. not in it. <laughs> right, right. Because you're taken completely out of that context. And it's, given that you can rotate it and everything, it's really this just like, I feel like it's almost beyond human comprehension. You're constantly doing this calculus in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be able to see it. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, uh, I'm going back to the airplane or the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to come back to me. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm go, go back away to, from yeah, me. Yeah, I, I, I don't fly the, quad, the quadcopter that much because I just, I can't see it well enough. And when I do, I can't wrap my head around it well enough to orient myself as if I was flying the thing. Right. Yeah, so like, and, and when I said you need to be able to see it, you have to be able to see it even if the controls were different. But as long as you wouldn't have to be able to see which way it was facing. Right. Because you could always just pull it, you know, you just point yourself at it and pull the stick back and it's automatically going to come to you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so, so, but then that all gets blown out of the water because um, Nate's got this one where this is cool. And this is, I, and I do think this is relevant to web developers actually, because, okay. be, because the, the array of input and output devices is going to get, it's getting super wacky. Um, we can talk more about that in a second, but the uh the um he's got one that has a camera that's facing he can actually turn the camera which complicates things even more but, but you don't have to you don't have to right so just imagine you're you, you it, essentially there's a camera facing out of the windshield of the front mm -hmm. of the quadcopter and he has goggles on that allow him to look through that view oh he actually has this mm -hmm. oh that is awesome yeah and it changes we everything we but, need to have a, a, a sticky album get together at Nate's place. Totally, yeah, big time. We can like bring your bring your nerd glasses. We're gonna yeah. like totally geek out. Yeah, I, yeah. I've got like a my quadcopter's like forty bucks. It's it's yeah. not a yeah. expensive. So, but check out what the difference is. Like oh, now mm -hmm. all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, forward always is forward. Right. And it, I need to stop saying right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. correct. Yeah. Never drive straight. Always drive forward. Um, so, so it's but but it has this whole other world of complications. So like it's so immersive that you actually can't even fly the thing. You have to sit down to fly it, or you'll fall down because it throws you. You're getting different. Your ear, your ears are telling you one thing about your orientation in space, and your, the thing and your eyes are telling you another. Right. So you have to sit down. Yeah. And, and the other thing is you have, you're not allowed to do this without another person. It's, I think it's actually at this point illegal to fly the first person view aerials w by yourself. Really? Yeah. Cause you can't see what's going on around you, around you physically on the ground. And you also can't ah. see what's around the, the thing you're flying. Right. So if your camera, cause the camera doesn't have to look forward, it can look down. So you could be looking down, flying forward and smash into, you know, a, a building. building or whatever. So you have to have a spotter with you and you have to sit down while you're doing it. And it totally, even though you're doing the same thing ostensibly from the outside, you're doing the same thing. You're flying a quadcopter, 
But the, the difference in perspective of putting your eyeballs inside the thing completely changes the way the controls should be laid out and how the entire thing is used. Yeah. Have, have you done this? Have you no, used this? No, no. No, I didn't know if you've ever been over to Nate's or anything. No, but so, but what I have done that's that sounds very similar is um, is Google Cardboard. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, it's like a VR type of situation, where where now in in Google Cardboard, which we talked about on a show that has yet to be released, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, but after episode one twenty, we had a long conversation about stuff like this that we're gonna release uh, a little later. Um, but the uh, one of the things we talked about was Google Cardboard, which is a sort of um, virtual reality headset made out of cardboard that was um, released at Google I.O. You just slide an Android phone into this $20 piece of cardboard and plastic lenses, and you run this uh, app that that um, gives you the v- a view like you're inside of a globe, and you can turn your head around, and the world the world that you're looking at on the screen mm-hmm. stays where it is. So if you turn your head to the left, you it's just like the real just world. Just like looking to the left. Yeah. yeah, the real world stays where it is. <laughs> so <laughs> it's super interesting because it changes the way, like it, it's this it's the same thing. So like this is, this is why it makes sense to talk about um, quadcopters on, you know, an application development podcast because it's the same thing like putting you're putting your eyes inside of somebody's application it's like putting your eyes inside of the quadcopter and and having it just like it's the same phone it's mm-hmm. the same phone you just had but now all of a sudden you're in it instead of <laughs> looking at it yes so now that so now it pu- like to bring it all the way back should the interface now say mine or does yours still make sense because now you're inside of this like environment yeah, it you know, feels like it feels like it should change, doesn't it? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's like it changes the it. I'll it, I'll promise you, it changes the level of immersion. Like you, yeah, you it, you almost do have to sit down. Like there's yeah, some yeah. that re, that that respond to you walking around, and some are 3D, some are just 360, but some are 360 and 3D, like parallax type of 3D. Mm-hmm. And it is like you almost want to hold on to something. <laughs> I can see why people like get sick using Oculus Rift because it's just it's yeah. It's intense. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's it's almost scary immersive at some points. Yeah. Yeah. Like I you know, I when we were talking about it before, when Cooper was done with it, he was like, Daddy, I wanna go back in that. Yeah. And I was like, Holy crap. He didn't say I wanna use that again. Or I wanna look at it or yeah. Yeah, I don't wanna look at it, I wanna play that, I wanna go back in it. Cause that's how it feels. <laughs> so that's I, you know, there's no, I don't know that there's a, there's not a takeaway per se. I mean, it's just something that I think we're going to continue to have to yeah, think about as UI designers. It's something to be conscious of. And yeah. you have to think about, re- like really think about how people are using the, the, the thing you're building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, if so, like when you're making a decision about, um, you know, guys, I keep coming back to content. It's like there's content that's in your sort of CMS type of thing. And then there's content mm-hmm. in the UI, mm-hmm. like the label on a button or whatever. And that probably, that probably label on that, you know, button is probably not part of your content database. Although I suppose maybe it should be, but no, I don't think so. Mm. 
there's like there's different kinds of user interface for the same application in different you know it's just, it's uh, it's nuts there's uh, there needs to be a way to like it, i basically it comes down to like what part of your application is the core and which parts are client specific mm-hmm. like we found when we were doing a valio and i made like a i made like a, a command line version of it or like a uh there's a chrome extension that we built for it and it, it's just totally we're like oh wow the api it, like the api doesn't work for this client because yeah. it was returning it was assuming that i was going to be able to read the output on you know a place that rendered html but it doesn't it just comes back in like a a tech like a weird um almost like a god what are they called those little like if you have a title on an element in a web page and you hover over it it presents like a the little alt text yeah alt text right it presents like this alt text response that doesn't render html and you're like well look there's a place a browser doesn't render html <laughs> who knew so i was like oh man like jeez it made us rethink the API because we mm-hmm. were like, oh, wow, we built this for HTML environments and didn't realize that. Yeah, you know. we did. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the your versus mine and like, and perhaps uh, the the interaction model is going to, other types of interaction models like um, the Maya armband or leap motion or um, mm-hmm. ring or whatever, all these things are going to affect the potential usefulness or like like whether or not your application is future friendly or isn't yeah yeah or even like in sticky albums the album preview that the photographer sees versus the album for the client Mm -hmm. because for the photographer it's here's your preview for the (laughs) client it's it's this is my album right 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 (laughs) oh yeah that's true it's like what is the yeah, and that's like, and they're basically the same thing. Like, ba- one's an iframe <laughs> pointing it to the other, but it's presented in a completely different context. And there's a bunch of technical things that we have to. That was like, well, where's she going with that? Because there's a bunch of technical stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. It's like a completely different context, and it's a different. Um, it's not just a different context. It's also a fundamentally different party. It is. It it's is. the person who's building the thing, not the person who's, I hate to use the word consuming the thing, but I guess it's appropriate. The person who's installing the thing on their phone. Yeah. So, yeah. And, it's, and it's the same technology. It's the same code. It's, yeah. it's the same code, right? There's some branching in it because of some of this sorts of stuff, but I don't know if we've, if we've dealt with actual, there's a ton of differences about like whether or not it stores offline and whether or not we track views and things yeah, like that. But I, I don't know that. At this point, I don't know that we're referring to anything in that album interface as yours and mine. Yeah, the text is pretty minimal. Yeah, yeah, but it's certainly an example of where something like that would, would definitely come up. Mm-hmm. And if we wanted to stick a label on it. Mm. Yeah, that's rad. Oh, okay, probably, that's probably a good place to leave it. Totally unanswered and nebulous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, what's what's yours is mine. What's mine is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark, and I'm Kelly Shaver, and we hope you join us again next week for the Niche Podcast. Goodbye. Bye. tempted to go into a rant about our new xbox 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I, mean, I saw your tweet. Oh, my God. I... It, it is so bad. It's so bad. I'll, I'll keep it wicked short, all right? Mm-hmm. Go to Target, and Cooper sees... Uh, what's it called? Garden Warfare. Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. It's a first-person shooter <laughs> based on Plants vs. Zombies. It's super hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. It's wicked fun. You know, multiple... It's just like Halo, but Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> yeah. And... Um, so we, we go, you know, Xbox One's the current iteration, mm-hmm. but Plants vs. Zombies doesn't run on it. Or it, it turns out it does, but at the target we were at, they only had it for the 360, so we thought it didn't run on the One. And the One's like 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah, and 360's going to be a lot cheaper, and there's still a ton of games for it. Yeah, so, you know, it's and it's for sale. It's a current mm-hmm. product. So... We bought, you know, and the guys like, um, there's like a, there's like a four gigabyte hard drive one, and there's like a monster hard drive one, yeah. And there's, and it's a significant price difference. So I'm like, well, yeah. we just, we're really, literally buying it for this one game, and, um, and I said, well, what's the, it, you know, in this, what's the difference? He's like, well, if you want to download a lot of games, I'm, like, I'm not doing that. I'm not downloading a bunch of games. So I'll buy this one on disc. I won't have to download it. It's not going to take up any space in the hard drive. Maybe you know mm-hmm. preferences or whatever. And four gigabytes be plenty. Right. You know, so, okay, great. So bring it home. And I won't even drag you through the nightmare of setting the thing up, which by, which mostly was due to um, Xbox Live being, dot com being down. That happens a lot, I think. Yeah, evidently it does. Because, but I didn't know, like, there's no way to know that. Like, when you're setting the thing, it was just bad timing. So, whatever. So... But, but there is a related issue, which is that you put the C- It's a game I bought on CD. Like, mm-hmm. do you know how much that pains me to buy a disc? I was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, whatever. I guess that's the way they do it. So I bought it and bring it home. And uh, when you put it, it in. Then it down- downloads a gig and a half of stuff. Yeah. 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 It downloads the whole game. Or, the or the whole game? <laughs> the, the, it's a CD. It can't fit a gig. Yeah. So it downloads like the entire, I don't know what the CD is for. It's not for anything. So, so the, this was the very first time. So last night, okay, great. So last night, the, what? The CD probably has a licensed text file on it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I go to, it's empty probably. So I go, all right, great. So that's separate. That's not even what I'm going to tell you about. What I'm going to tell you about is last night we start, you know, I had a, very busy weekend we had a family reunion and and just like playing with kids 24 7 and staying up too late and eating too much and the whole thing so mm-hmm. we had like a really quiet day on like monday and tuesday monday and tuesday were like really low-key lots of games lots of ipads just like stayed in the house yeah so cooper's everybody like, vegging yeah everybody vegging so cooper's like i want to play plants vs zombies and i'm like you know what i kind of do too so go down and launch the game and it goes now, bear in mind, I've installed, like, nothing on this Xbox. Right. It goes, um, oh, there's an update available. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so would you like to download the update? Yes or no? Yes. do 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 Oh, there's not enough space on this Xbox for the update. Oh, you're kidding. So I go, okay, whatever. So I go back to the beginning. Do you want to download this update? No. No. Do you want to download this update? No. No. Do you want to download the update? No. You can't play uh, it unless you download the update, which doesn't uh, fit. And it's one game. One game. So I'm like, well, wait, did I install anything? I, I had installed like IE10 and YouTube just to check them out in Minecraft. Right. So I deleted all that stuff, 
rebooted the thing. And believe me, every single thing I'm saying here took like a half an hour till it could go through and delete stuff and restart it and, you know, wait for the, you know, have to type something. So, uh, so to make a long story short, I had to call a human being and there's like a whole bunch of other stuff going on. Like, like, um, so I call up the guy and he's like, uh, do you want, um, he's like, well, just disconnect it from the internet and rerun the game. And I'm like, you can't cause it won't run. Even though I have the physical disc, it won't run unless it connects to EA servers. Cause they're EA, EA is DRM. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah. Um, well you can upgrade the hard drive and I'm like from here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I just bought this thing to play one game and not, and not even one game fits on it. He's like, well, yeah. you could, he goes, you could return it. I was like, no kidding. Yeah. That's what he said. So I was like, I was like, all right, go back. I was like, what about upgrading, upgrading the hard drive? Like, what are my options there? And he goes, well, if you have a thumb drive, you can plug that in and use that as the primary storage. And so like, so sweet. I've got a brand new 64 gigabyte thumb drive. That'll solve all your problems. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's like more than 10 times bigger than the hard drive that comes in this $200 computer. Right. So I plug it in, restart it. It recognizes it. I have to format it, but okay. Go through the whole thing. Sweet. Now the downloads, the downloads ready. So it, uh, it, it took like two hours to download two gigabytes of information, which was the update. It's obviously the whole, it's obviously a whole new game. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so get this. So I download the whole new game onto the, onto the thumb drive. Mm-hmm. I go to play it and I get, I get through the intro, I get to the beginning, it's just about to start, and, a, and an error dialogue comes up that says this disc is damaged, meaning the CD. Meaning the... Th- the no, not the thumb drive, the CD. The CD. That's oh. doing nothing. It's doing nothing in there. So I pull out the CD, and sure enough, it's got this, like, you know, it's it's been hitting something. It's got this scratch all the way around it, perfectly all the way around mm. it. It's not like a scratch from being scratched. It's literally never been taken out of the machine since we bought right. it. Right, it's hitting something in the machine. Right. So, I'm like, I'm like, so I've just, I've just, inst- I've just basically taken my thumb drive. It's now part of the Xbox. I have to get a new thumb drive now. No big deal. And I've just downloaded the entire game. Waited two hours for it to download, and now it won't start. Because the Xbox ruined the CD that's not being used for anything meaningful. <laughs> so now you do have to return the Xbox because clearly nope. it's nope. no. Guess what you can do? What? You can go and you can go and buy Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare through the Xbox portal <laughs> and wait for it to download again. Even huh. though I just downloaded it, so two more hours for it to download again and now magically it runs and I had to pay 30 extra bucks. So I'm like, why, why did this guy even sell me the CD in the first place? It, it because like, it could. I was like, but yeah, beyond. I was, I was like, I haven't been that mad. Yeah. Since like, I haven't been that mad since, um, a particular episode with a girlfriend right after college. Like I, <laughs> it was like, it's been th- approximately 25 years since I've been that mad. Wow. It was <laughs> Yeah, you're a pretty mellow guy. Is there something about the it's it's 
the process involved. I can't believe they're popular. I can't believe this thing is popular. It's such a mess. And great people say, well, you bought the old one. What do you expect? It's but not that old. It's and it was popular when it was not the old one. And they're selling it with the game that wouldn't run on it. I don't know. Okay. Um, it's, I feel better. It's, <laughs> welcome to the land of Microsoft. <laughs> I, I know. Why well, I shouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, this is the reputation they have. But I always thought, like, the Xbox was, like, developed by a different business unit. And it, it, it like, mm-hmm. skirted all of the old legacy Microsoft Windows and, like, Crap. Word, you know, Office legacy stuff. But man, it's checking like the guy like play it offline. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we have we have the original Xbox. It's like the only Xbox we have ever used. I don't think it's been used. I don't think it's been touched in a long time. We have a uh, we have a Wii U and a PlayStation Three. I think the PlayStation Three probably gets the most use. And the reason, the only reason we got it though, was because. Um, you know, we didn't want to spend that much money, but our uh, nah, our in-laws said, or my in-laws, Richard's parents, had sent us some money for Christmas and like use it to get a Blu-ray player because I didn't even want one. And when we were looking around, I was like, well, the PlayStation 3 is actually a better Blu-ray player than a Blu-ray player. <laughs> so we could just take their money and if we, if we use the money they gave us, then we only have to spend like a hundred bucks and get the PlayStation three. So we did that. So. Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's true. I mean, the, I suppose this Xbox could play DVDs. We don't have a DVD player otherwise, yeah. but it'll just ruin it. Apparently. So. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Most Xboxes can play DVDs, not yours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, although it might, they might be different lasers. Um, I don't know. Cause, um, but yeah, uh, the PlayStation 3 is actually a really good Blu-ray player because it has has more RAM in it than most Blu-ray players typically do, so the load times are a lot faster. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it was funny. Like I was, what I was trying to do last night because Cooper was he was like up, he was like so frustrated and he was tired. It was kind of late. Oh, poor and kid. He's like, yeah, he's like, I just want to. It's right there because you could see the launch screen. Yeah. He's like, and I'm like, no. And so, so I was like. I'm like trying to pollute the Xbox brand in his mind. I'm like, <laughs> yes, as any good parent would. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Cooper, there's nothing I can do. That Xbox is junk. He's like, stop saying that. It's not junk. I'm getting <laughs> frustrated with you. I'm like, don't get frustrated <laughs> with me. It's the Xbox's fault. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, he's like, I'm getting frustrated with both of you. <laughs> I was like, oh, we just got to go to bed. It's not going to work. I had to wait for it to download overnight. Uh-huh. But then, so this morning when it worked, he was like, see, it wasn't the Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently Xbox, the Xbox brand is already, I already got brand loyalty from Cooper. Something about strangling a small child here, but. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, why you, I oughta. <laughs> 